FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. Welcome back to the FCS Football Podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by my former teammate and good friend, Mr. Sean there Anderson. Oh, uh, yeah. I, there we I go. finally refer to you as <laughs> something that you had to beg me to say, basically. We, we lived together for like three years. I, I'd hope you'd call me, my, call me your friend. You lived below me. I don't know if you... If lived with me oh boy i spent a lot more time in your room <laughs> than than you even know about you per- that was my hangout spot you, when you weren't you even probably spent more time in my room than i did at, at some point points in the year did you ever find the sock i never found the sock that oh. you claim to have hidden in my room <laughs> uh just like you told me you were gonna put peanut butter in my shoes well, well, you almost uh, popped a blood vessel when I said that. So, I, what am I? What am I supposed to do? I was, I'm not going to put peanut butter in your shoe it, and have you. Was I don't know. Season. Break down my, my door with your tire iron. It was easy in season. I was uptight. You know that I I I am like that. Um, I was also a sophomore. Very, very different human being two two years ago. So, Sean, not to get too off track with our previous antics as former college football players. We've got some very odd headlines to talk about today. We had some decent games this past week, not as much of a dive as we've done already, because we want to talk about Deion Sanders as the new Jackson State head coach. That is going to be the primary discussion for today's episode, because they are an FCS program, they are an HBCU, and they are a team that is now in a very interesting spot with a former NFL legend as their head coach. Sean, before I get into that, though, I just want to share with our listeners a message from our sponsors. The wait is finally over. Football is back. We have now had multiple weeks of college football and also two weeks of the NFL. Anything can happen at this point. The Raiders just beat the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. You might not be at these games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Sean, I'm going to get into the full coaching staff shortly, but I just want your reaction and thoughts to the decision by Deion Sanders to become the next head coach at Jackson State. What was swirling through your head when you read that headline? I was very excited about it because it's another big name that's coming into the FCS realm and that is going to be bringing more light into the F- onto the FCS. That is what the genesis of this show was about is getting people exposed to the FCS, bringing them into this world and giving good content. And Deion Sanders is kind of doing the same thing by becoming an FCS football head coach, being as big of a name as he is comes into our world and he's just making headlines. It's just because it's him just because he is Deion Sanders. He's electric. He's infectious. All of it is personality, charismatic, it's just a really good look for the FCS. Whether or not he goes 12-0 and or 2-10, and it's still Deion Sanders 
getting experience in the FCS and getting more people wondering about, oh, how did Deion Sanders do in the FCS? So whatever is linked to him is now linked to the FCS, which I think is an overall good thing. Yeah, and he's also now linked to the two major HBCU conferences, the SWAC and the MEAC, a huge addition for both of those conferences to have a name like Deion Sanders to go coach and be a part of that. And I think the big thing that you put out there, Sean, is he is now bringing exposure and attention to a a relatively small program. And I, I know that sounds crazy to say for a program that produced Walter Payton uh, as their most notable alumni, but still, this is a, a very, very good situation for Jackson State. If things maybe don't work out and the team isn't doing so well early on, you can say very, I can say very confidently that recruits are going to be excited to come play for this program. If I got a call from Deion Sanders after I was committed to the University of Rhode Island four years ago, I would have called up Coach Fleming and said, hey, I'm going to Jackson State because I want to go play for Deion Sanders. You would want to play for Donnie Smith, our own little jar of electricity. Uh, yeah, Donnie did did get me to come to Rhode Island, so that's a good point. <laughs> oh my goodness! But could you imagine that though? You make your decision, you're set to go to a good FCS program, or heck, maybe you're a three star recruit that's committed to go to Florida or Florida State, and you're not too confident in getting onto the field. And Deion Sanders calls you up and says, "Son, we want to come you to come play for us." That's pull. That's legitimate yeah. towards a program. Oh my goodness, I am uh, I'm really excited to see what they do and what they build, or you know what they can build. And uh, but mostly just to double back, I'm most excited about the attention it's bringing bringing to the FCS. Sean, let's uh, let's get into talking about the one big close game this past weekend. It seems like a lot of these FCS team went through the. Buzz saw from facing ranked opponents this past week. The one close game we have is Abilene Christian playing a close game with UTEP, losing 17-13. to ACU ended up scoring the first touchdown in the game with a rushing touchdown, but UTEP was able to retake control throughout it. It was tied 10-10 with seven minutes to go in the third quarter. However... UTEP ends up taking a lead up a touchdown. ACU tries to drive down and and is only able to connect on a long field goal. After that, UTEP practically runs the clock out. Sean, what were some of the things that you saw from another potential upset from an FCS team? I saw saw Abilene Christian holding strong a lot of the time. It's not easy to hold UTEP to just 17 points. I thought that UTEP's running back was very good and to only allow him to to just – chip away and do his thing, then I I thought Abilene Christian exceeded expectations. I thought that their defensive line held the line of scrimmage pretty well, and just their uh, UTEP's uh, running back was just a little slippery. Like, on the the two touchdown runs, ACU had really good uh, holds. They filled their their holes. They filled their gaps. Uh, They were holding UTEP's offensive line really well. They were bunkered down, but their running back was just, just found the tiniest of creases was able to move through I I think you hold the team like that to 17 points it says a lot about your team it says a lot about how you're not going to quit on the fight quit on the game you're going to keep on working for it I think that's a, a sign of a really healthy program and it's another week where we have an almost upset it seems like every single week Sean we're just going to keep seeing 
these close games and one team is going to get so, so close, but we're, we're not going to actually get uh, an upset. And we, we keep trying to predict them yet. We have failed in pretty much every single time that we've, we've tried to do so because none of these FCS teams have upset anyone. Do you think it's actually going to break at some point and we're going to get one of these upsets or is it just going to be a rough fall season for the FCS? You got to believe Joe, you got to believe <laughs> that's what I need from you. Just believe in it. We're going to manifest this into reality. That's what what we're going to do. We're going to make it happen by pure will. All right. Well, hopefully that works out We'll get at least one. Yeah, well, hopefully there's (laughs) at least one. Hopefully that that prayer from you is heard by one team. Uh, Oh, (laughs) it's not a prayer. Don't get it twisted. What is it This is not a prayer. It's going to happen. Okay. Well, speaking of things that already happened... (laughs) We only have one fat stats from the week. It just seems like what we – I already mentioned how these teams went through the buzzsaw of playing really good FBS opponents. There was only one guy that had a really good stat line, and Sean, who was that guy that we both are picking as our fat stat of the week? Stephen F. Austin's quarterback, Trey Self, 285 passing yards and one touchdown. Almost hit the 300 mark. 300, you know that means you're fat. So 285, you, you can be – pretty in shape for 285 uh but trey self that stat that's pretty fat yeah decently fat fattest out of the group of stat performers this past week sean just continuing things here fc estimates are picking segment right now after this past week let's go through the picks before i reveal the current tally sean i am in a a a dunce and i picked campbell to beat coastal carolina you got that one Mm. correct the score was not correct in your favor. Austin P. Cincinnati. We both picked Cincinnati. Uh, neither of us had the score. No, none, neither of us had the score correct on any of these games. Stephen F. Austin, UTSA. Both got that one correct. The Citadel Clemson. We both picked Clemson to win, which they did. Sean, you got really freaking lucky because the Central Arkansas, Arkansas State game was postponed. So that game was not played despite you picking uh, in favor of Central Arkansas. So that one didn't count. That's right. And lastly, Abilene, Christian, UTEP, we both picked UTEP to win this one. Neither of us had enough faith to say that it was going to be a close game. So right now, the tally sits at me, 8, you, 11. Let's go. Taking another victory lap after a very handout week. Uh, You could take that (laughs) 8, you could put it in a pipe, and you can smoke it, DeLeon. Hey, we got plenty of weeks left. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm gonna okay, find a way okay. to get back yeah. in this. You know, I yeah, you, you find a way. I kicked you your ass it. last last year, and I was like, "Oh, no, you beat me by like six games." I had right. I had like a total twenty percent better of picks than you did. So don't give me that. I don't think so. We can check the numbers. Sean, this week first game, Campbell Appalachian State. Who are you picking? I'm taking App State by a score of thirty-eight to thirteen. I'm gonna take App State forty-two to ten. This is a very good App State team. Eastern Kentucky, the Citadel. That is, I think that's our first FCS FCS, FCS game in FCS. a very long time. Yep, it's been a while. So, who are you picking for this one? I'm going to take for my FCS fans nation radio guys, the Citadel, 24 to 20. Yeah, this is an easy one for me. Uh, 35 to 10. Haven't seen really any fight from Eastern Kentucky, so I'm going with the Citadel. I think that they are going to run the crap out of the football like they do. They're going to be pissed after getting knocked around by Clemson. That is going to be a huge, huge game for them to bounce back and show something here. Uh, Sean, Stephen F. Austin, SMU, who are you picking? 
I know Self just had a really good ga- uh, game, but I'm taking SMU by a score of 45 to 6. I'm going to go with 42 to 17 in favor of SMU. Sean, Houston Baptist, Louisiana Tech. How can I bet against the close personal friend of the show, Mr. Bailey Zappi? I'm going HBU by a score of 27 to 24. Holy hell. My <laughs> score prediction if this game is going to be anything like a HBU Houston Baptist pick score, I'm going with them. But my score is going to be 52 to 49. If this game is going to be in favor of Houston Baptist, it is going to be a statistical nightmare. The statistician at the game is going to be sweating his ass off by the end of this game from all the different things he has to write down. <laughs> that's all you got for me? That's a good pick. I, I get that's I, dude. That is a, a good pick. If you're gonna pick, if you're gonna pick one over, that would be the game. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, last game, Missouri State Central Arkansas. I'll take Missouri State. By a score of 17 to 14, this one's going to be all knotted up. I am going to go with, for this one, Central Arkansas. I don't know why you want to go with Missouri State. Uh, Central Arkansas by a score of 24 to 17. Picking the upset. So another FCS game there for the last one. Sean, today we're actually doing Kwame's Corner. For Let's go. the first time in what seems like possibly 20 years uh, from forever since we've actually done it and had any questions. Today we polled for questions. We got three fantastic questions. One from a friend of the show, Mr. Ryan Roberts, asked, what are your guys' thoughts on some schools playing certain games? of the show. Uh, he's a friend of the show. He's been on the show. <laughs> he's contributed to the show on days that you weren't here, so I would consider him a very oh, good friend of the fine. show. He can be in the close personal friend category oh, okay. of the show. Then. Okay, all right. I, I'm willing to, to do that. Yeah, you're willing to allow that. Okay, good to hear. What are your guys' thoughts yeah. on some schools playing certain <laughs> games in the fall and the rest of their schedule during the spring? What advantages and disadvantages are there? Are you a fan of the playoff structure in the spring? So let's just address the one talking about the varied schedules. Sean, what are your thoughts on them? I like that we get to have football right now to watch. I like that some teams have decided to say, hey, we're going to do the protocol. We're going to go through it. We're going to track, and we're going to make something happen. We're going to play football this fall. We don't want to get all out of whack, and we're going to go through it. I, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I, 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 2020 hindsight, you see teams uh, – I, I know the Big Tens got – or they reinstated now, right? They said they, – they doubled back, yes. and they said, all right, we're going to – we're going to say, you know, just kidding. Uh, we're going to go for it. It stinks because the CAA jumped the gun and a lot of other conferences jumped the gun. But at the time, it wasn't jumping the gun. It was just making a decision that they thought was right. I'm happy that we have uh, fall football. And then in the spring, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I, want, I It's going to be interesting for the next spring in particular and then or this upcoming spring in particular. And then especially more in the fall. Uh, the upcoming 2021 fall. I'm just very, uh, there's a weird concern that I can't pinpoint as to what it is, but there's some weird concern that I have in the spring and fall for next year. Yeah, my thoughts on it, I I think that it it will be problematic for some of these programs that are playing a heavy schedule. I think it's good because you get the financial impact of being one of the few programs 
operating right now and taking these play to play, uh, play to pay to play games. Jeez. It's a tongue twister there. You're getting that financial impact. You're adding to your resources for your program to grow and develop things by playing these big teams like the Citadel playing Clemson. You, you're getting a huge check for playing that game, but I'm yeah, worried. They can buy. <laughs> what were you going to say? Yeah, they can buy DV sport and then not know how to use it. <laughs> And a bunch of monitors that the players didn't get to use. Um, stick to huddle. Stick to huddle. Um, you get all of that, but I'm worried for some of these programs that are playing a ton of games and then having to transition to playing to the fall. It, it's. I think the Citadel might have some trouble, honestly, playing in the fall if they do decide to play a full schedule in their full conference schedule. And not in the fall, sorry, in the spring. That could be there could be a lot of injury issues with having to make that transition. I think the Citadel right now has the longest schedule out of any FCS team, so that there are a lot of issues. I think that you're going to have to deal with um, with programs who are playing multiple schedules basically in a, in a single year. Sean, our next question from Jack Borowski. Obviously tougher without a season, but who are the top 2022 NFL draft prospects at the FCS level? So I'm just assuming this is talking about the guys that are going to play in the spring. Uh, Sean, who are some of the guys that you're watching for? And you have one guy in particular who who I'd like to hear about. P.J. Burkhalter, offensive lineman from Nichols. Watch his film and tell me he shouldn't be a first-rounder. He is my guy. I will stand on the table. I will, I will say, you need to draft this guy. He is a stack. He is a, a guy. I, I'll go out on him. I think he's the, the best offensive lineman in this class. I really do. He is the guy I'm putting all my chips on the table for. He is the uh, – aside from Trey Lance, I think he's the most polished uh, college football player in the FCS level at the moment. What? Did you just aside. did you just compare him to Trey Lance and then also – I said aside from Trey Lance. And you don't – I said you don't, he's the wait, – okay. wait, wait, but you don't have any thoughts on uh, – like, you know, you're, you're not – you're going to discount – Ellerson Smith and Spencer Brown and Dylan Radins. I'm saying that I believe PJ Burkhalter is the second most polished FCS prospect currently. That is a, a very interesting take. Uh, I'm not going well, to. How do you disagree? I, I think that there's other guys that have day two grades right now. And you're calling a guy who maybe has a shot, uh, but not as highly regarded by draft evaluators. You're saying that he is more polished than some of these other guys. Like you think that uh, he's more technically and play wise. You think he's yes. more polished than Dylan Radens, who some think yes. is a first rounder. Yeah, that is a, a interesting take on your part. Um, I'm I, saying I'm saying Radens could be a first rounder, and I think he can be. I just think Burkhalter could also be a first rounder. Oh, holy he could shit! Be. Okay, wow. Um, that's what do you? I've seen the. I, I watched the film, dude. He has it all. He's got everything you need. Okay. All right. That's your take. He's got it all. I, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you because I haven't watched as much tape on him, but I know for a fact that he is not even a draftable prospect right now um, by most people's standards. I, uh, power okay, to him. I think fine. he can do good this year, maybe make a shot in the get a shot in the NFL, but I, I don't know if I think that's a little bit too rich for if my taste. If you sent his film to Brian Baldinger and let Brian Baldinger watch it and, and, and comment it and break it down, he would he would be in love with the guy. Okay. Well, uh, Drew Himmelman is the guy that I'm looking for, who is a, a monster of a draft prospects prospect from Straight Illinois <laughs> State, gigantic, six foot nine. 
I don't know if he is opted out or what his deal is. That's the big issue right now. You can't really try. Then this is a good way to answer the question is because you can't really know for sure who's who's currently available. Trey Lance, guy that we're paying attention to. Dylan Radon's guy we're paying attention to. Spencer Brown has opted out. Ellerson Smith, I believe, is uh, entered the transfer portal or opted out. So it's a little bit tough. I, 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 I want to say him and also Zarek Cooper, a big fan of what Cooper brings to the table as a quarterback. And I think in the in the spring when he plays, he could do some some very big things for his his draft stock and possibly making himself a high-priority undrafted free agent. Last question from a University of Rhode Island alum. Jonathan Green is asking, how soon would you expect Dion to have Jackson State in the FCS playoff? Could you see them becoming a destination for, for Power 5 transfers looking to drop down and play right away? So, uh, Jonathan, the, the one issue with the first part of the question is that uh, – Teams in the SWAC and the MEAC choose not to participate in the FCS playoff. From what I understand, they, they are able to. Somebody shot me a DM and explained this to me a while back. They they can participate if they want to, but I don't know the, the full ramifications on what prevents them from doing so. But they are primarily competing for the Celebration Bowl um, as, as their championship between the SWAC and the MEAC. So I would consider them to be a huge boost in the SWAC and be a, a, a threat now, maybe not in this first year, but in the second year after he has some time to recruit. And I think the other big thing that goes in line with what we talked about early, earlier is I could 100% see a lot of Power 5 big-name recruits that are trying to transfer and play right away heading to Jackson State. I got Jackson State making a push to be in the FCS playoff. I bet Dion's I can see like, that. yeah, we're going for – we'll take the – I'd be happy – Dion would be like, yeah, I'd be happy with the Celebration ball, Bowl, but we want it all. So I, Jackson State might make that uh, opt to go for that FCS playoff. I just don't know what would be required for – like I'm admitting it. I don't know what would be required for them to be able to make that push to play in the playoff. I, I have no idea um, – what would go into that? I think it might be a little bit more complicated than Dion just saying, we want to do it. I think so too, but you, you, you get where I'm coming from, yes. where he would want to play in the playoffs. Yes. He wants to compete and, and <laughs> knock around with North Dakota state and all the other uh, playoff competing teams. Sean, that is it for today's episode. Do you have anything for us before I close this out? Yeah. Watch some Nichols film and then, and tell me what you think. Everybody go ahead. Do it. Keep an eye on Burkhalter. All right, be sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, <laughs> at Sanderson Radio. Also follow Believe Podcasts at DLAV Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, folks. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube